Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Today's passage is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, here's Jenny. Okay, wherever you are right now, I want you to raise your hand if you feel stressed or overwhelmed. I know it's probably awkward if you're in the car driving, but I want you to do it because I want you to own it. I want you to not think this is a girl talking into a microphone out into the world. I am talking to you today because probably you just raised your hand. Like probably if you were being sincere about how you feel about your life, you're stressed. Like this is all of us. You're overwhelmed about something or about lots of things, but this is I think, an addiction in our culture right now, busyness. We are all so busy, or at least we act like we are, or at least our brains are. No matter what your schedule is during the day, you're going to feel busy at the end of the day because your brain has done so much. You have thought about so many different things. We have more news hitting our phones on a given day. We have more noise in our lives on a given day than any generation has ever had. So we are all sick with being overwhelmed. And it's about unanimous that we all are stressed. So what are we going to do about it? And what does God have to say about it? And this is what I know is that what we think about God, and I know I keep coming back to this, and some of you aren't even Christians and you're like, I didn't even know this was a religious podcast. And here you still are with us. And I will say this, no matter what, how you think about God, even if you don't believe him, is shaping everything about every decision and every minute of your life. And the foundation of what it is that we believe about God is the very most important thing about us. Yes, because it shapes our eternity, but it also shapes our every single minute and our every single day and our every single relationship. So how we think about God matters, and we're going to talk about it as it has to do with decision-making and as it has to do with rest and what it means to make a life that is well-lived. In 1 Peter There's these verses. I'm going to read them to you right now. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-control so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then each one of us should use whatever gift he has to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So guys, he's laying out like a good way to live. He's saying, listen, Be clear-minded, make good decisions so that you can have time and margin to pray, the very most important thing, and so that you're going to have time and space to love well and to use the gifts that God's given you in the short life. And so these are the three simple things that he's laying out as a good stewardship of life, prayer, love, and using our gifts, stewardship of our gifts, what we've we've been given. What I would say often, because I talk to a lot of women, is whenever one of those three subjects comes up, 
I should pray more. I should have people over for dinner more. I should love my neighbors better. I should use my gifts. I don't think I'm using my gifts well. Those three subjects come up all the time with women. And whenever that happens, the number one reason they say that they're not using their gifts, that they're not loving their neighbors, that they're not praying is because of time, that they're too busy. But yet the scriptures tell us that that is what we're supposed to be about. Like all of our lives, that's what it's supposed to be about. And we don't have time for it because of what? What has invaded our time so crucially that we are now living, spinning out without time to do the three most fundamental things that God's given us to do on earth? I think it's because we let our lives happen to us instead of building the life that God has called us to. So we've got to start making better decisions and we've got to start submitting those decisions to and through the filter of knowing and loving God. So I'm reading this book and it has convicted me because if I had read this book a few years ago, I would be weeping. But what's cool is I'm reading right now where I've actually built a better life. I've built a life with days that I have nothing on the calendar and nobody gets that day. Like it doesn't matter if I desperately need to have a meeting or I desperately need to get that podcast recorded. On that day, it is protected. And I'm telling you, I've gotten my soul back that something about this busyness and constantly filling our time has left us emptier than ever. If you are somebody who is overwhelmed because of your schedule, you're going to notice, especially today, because we're talking about it, but you're going to notice yourself starting to say things like, and then you say it all the time. I say it all the time. I'm good. I'm just busy. You say something about being busy. It's part of our like soundbite responses to people. Like it, we don't even think about it. We just say it as a matter of fact. And I believe that to change this thing is a more practical, simpler thing to do, right? It's just quitting things. You know, I mean, it really is scheduling rest, scheduling margin, and saying no a lot. But to do that, you've got to look at your life and go, what's important? What am I doing and why am I doing it? And what do I need to be doing? And what do I not need to be doing? This is where I'm going to I'm gonna mama bear you a little here because we need to be the bosses of our lives. Like we need to quit being the victims of our lives and we need to start being the bosses of our lives. And I have to constantly remind myself that I am, I'm living out the choices I made. Now, now, some of you might be living out the choices you made four years ago, but I'm always living out the choices that I make. And I can always make a change. And it might have high consequences, but it can happen. And I've, I've really seen this in the last year when I decided I am, I'm losing my soul. I am a master to things that I've created rather than enjoying and delighting creating with God. And so I appointed new leaders over those things. And I truly let go and backed up, which is always hard for a leader to do. And still is for me, but I have gotten my soul back and I have looked at my life and I have laid it out and decided, okay, what does it look like for me to believe what God's word says about rest? And it starts by understanding I am not necessary for anything. I am not necessary for anything. My life is short. My life is finite. I am not necessary. So I can step back. I can disappoint people. I can back up. I am not that essential. And it's a sad reality when you do it and you realize, you know what? Everything goes on. It still exists. But it's a refreshing reality because all of us are built to play our part in the story of God, not to be the center of it. 
And we get exhausted when we think we are the center of it. And so to play our part, to do our part of the story, I remember I came home from some counseling that I'd done on this and I had this big breakthrough revelation. I sat down with my whole team. I pulled them together at If Gathering and I said, guys, I am not a good manager. And they started laughing. They all just broke out. They couldn't even hide it. Like they were like, duh, that is so obvious. You're not a manager. And I mean, you, I'm ADD, I'm creative, I'm coming up with the next big thing. I'm not taking care of what the business of the office and what needs to happen that day ever, never did. And so when we put someone in place that, that could do that and was great at that, I began to play my role better and they're all happier with that. They're like, yes, Jenny, be your creative ADD self with your whiteboards and markers and come in and disrupt and leave all the mess to us. Like that's who you are. That's what you're great at. And let somebody else keep the day-to-day consistent and and run the office. And I think if we could understand that we need to play our part. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't return emails. It doesn't mean I don't pay bills or do the details. I still have to do a lot of details in my life. I still have to do plenty of work that doesn't excite me when I wake up in the morning. What it means is, though, I believe I'm a small part of a bigger plan. And I'm content with that. And I'm not afraid to say no. That's that I don't need to do that. Somebody else can do that. And I'm not afraid to let go of power or credit or authority. I'm able to just say, you know what? I am a small part of this bigger plan. And it is a great thing to be a part of a bigger plan. None of us actually want to be the center of the universe. Our souls weren't built for it. And we are exhausted by it. So when we play our small part, we realize we're part of a family and a team and a body that's working together. It's so much more fun. It's how we were meant to live. And that Christ is the head and the center. He gets the credit and the glory. And each of us are serving him by bringing our part to his story. And I'm telling you, there's so much ease in that. Because one, nothing goes off the rails. You know, I go off the rails in a conversation. But nothing goes off the rails in eternity with God. Like when he's about his story and you're about his story, everything will be in the rails, whether you have a bad day or a good day. Like he is in control. And you rest in that. So... Let me play this out really simply. Uh, Somebody I really love, I say no to things as a default answer. It is a rule in my life. I say no unless I absolutely am compelled to say yes. And I just have told God, I'm like, God, I have too much in my life. And I'm just going to say no unless you spur my heart and like will not leave me alone. I'm going to say yes. And so that's kind of how I go through life. I'm a, a no person by choice to protect our family and our kids and time. Recently, though, I we just joined a new church, and I am so excited to be there, and I want to serve it however I can. And I've, I really have wanted to just say yes to anything that they want or need. And so recently, though, someone that I respect so much called me and asked me for something that I could not do. And I, I couldn't say no. I couldn't do it because I didn't want to let that person down. And it's one thing to let somebody down in Iowa that I've never met. It's another thing to let down somebody I see all the time that I desperately want to be in relationship with. I want her to like me and I want to serve her and and be an, a good teammate to her and friend to her. And so she, you know, she asked me this and, and I technically could have carved out the hour, but it would have caused chaos in my family that night, in my day, in my week based on every other commitment that I had. And so it was funny, Chloe who's here was actually, she kept asking me about it. Like every time we talked, she's like, I need to reply to this. You know, what do I do? And I was like, I don't know, just give me till tomorrow. And I said that probably 10 times. Well, finally, I was like, there's just no way. Like, I do not have a piece about it. I don't need to do it. (laughs) 
So Chloe calls me back later and was like, so she's just wondered if you could do it next week. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I can. I thought it was like a one-time thing. Like I had to do it that day and I sweated and I stressed and I caused chaos in my mind and life for like 10 days when all I had to do was just obey the first thing, which was, no, this doesn't make sense. I don't need to do this and disappoint her. And it would have been okay. Even if I couldn't have done it the next week, she would have asked me for something else. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of our relationship. And I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves to meet everybody's desires and demands for our lives, to be at every single thing for our kids. Like my kids, I thought we are going to scar them forever because I have missed games and all these things. In fact, I don't just miss games. I miss the laundry to get them ready for the game. And like they've had to learn to do laundry and I'm going to ruin them. But every single one of my kids would not say, mom, I'm so disappointed that you did not go to my game. All of my kids would say, mom, I love what you do. I get it. And I want you to do what you love to do and what God's called you to do. And we have this mentality in our family that we support each other. We are for each other. We are not the center of each other's universes. God is. And where obedience is, there is thriving. Now, I'm not saying there's not cost, but where obedience lives, there is thriving. And I think what my kids know at the end of the day is that I'd rather be at their game, but I'm obeying God on this day to do what he's called me to do on this day. And yes, sometimes that's a spiritual thing, but obedience doesn't always look like ministry. Obedience looks like showing up for a friend. It looks like showing up for work. It looks like whatever it is God wrote into his story for you today to play your little part. And when we see ourselves that way as part of a bigger story, playing our unique parts, we are more content disappointing people because we have a bigger prize in God's pleasure and God's story. And we're more content even getting behind, you know, like that's, that's the reality is it felt like if I let go of the hustle that I would fall behind. And on some days, that's true. On days that, that I'm not on social media, practically speaking, I'm not driving things forward. But in my soul, I am driving things forward. <laughs> like God and I are moving the kingdom forward because I am with him, because I am spending quiet time reading and praying and connecting with God. That rhythm of connection with God is moving the kingdom forward, even if I don't see it in numbers. And I won't, but I know it's true. I know it's true. And no matter what, he cares more about our relationship than he cares about my productivity on earth. He can cause productivity through a donkey and has. So I, he doesn't really need me out in the world doing my thing. He can cause his kingdom to grow however, but what he loves is me, his kid, with him, spending time connecting with him. And if I build a world where I can't pray, where I can't love, where I can't use my gifts because I'm too busy, that is not a world that God is pleased with. It is not a world that I want to be a part of. And so we've got to ask ourselves hard questions. Hey guys, this is Chloe, and I just have a fun announcement for you. As you know, Jenny's new book, Get Out of Your Head, comes out on January 28th. And starting November 1st, if you pre-order the book anywhere books are sold, 
and go to getoutofyourheadbook.com. You can drop your name, your mailing address, and your receipt number in there, and we will send you 10 scripture cards based on the book. And these cards are so cute, you guys. You can put them on your kitchen sink, on your bathroom mirror, or take them with you in the car as you're on the go. But this would be such a fun idea. If you wanted to pre-order the book for a friend or a family member for Christmas, you could get these scripture cards and with the little holiday card that we've made for you, put it under the Christmas tree this year. So we'll make sure to put all this info in the show notes and you can go to getoutofyourheadbook.com to see the cards and to get all the info you need. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Jenny. Let's talk about this. I like this studio we're sitting in. It's fun. I know. Tell everybody where we are in case they don't follow me on Instagram, which you should. Go hang out on Instagram. That's kind of where I am the most of all the social medias. Yeah, you're fun on Instagram. I like Instagram. I like following you there, too. We are in your backyard in a garage that Zach redid and put a couch in and a furry rug. And we have blankets and we're talking on mics. I know. It's so fun. fun. We have a fun day. So as you're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking about my own life and and just also saying there are a lot of things we can't quit. When is it like something where I'm feeling overwhelmed? How do I decide what's something that like I need to quit or I need to press on and but also get to the root of my overwhelm? Well, I think we've got to first start with the reality that life is hard and it's hard work. I hate work. I am I have a comfort idol these days, not an approval idol. Like my my favorite thing is watching Netflix, binge watching Netflix and like sitting in my furry robe and not working and not thinking too hard. So every day, really, something falls in that category for me of something that overwhelms me that I'm supposed to be doing, but I wish I didn't have to do. And so I think how we've got to view it. I mean, again, this is why I always come back to worldview and in a God view of what is how we view God and eternity and our lives matters most. Because if that gets right and fixed in our head, then how we spend our time is going to get fixed in our head and how we steward our relationships is going to get fixed in our head too. And so when you think of eternity and you think of words like run your race and work out your salvation, these are these are very intense working words, right? Like this is not a passive pursued, like, oh, let go and let God, you know, this is a run hard, like train, (laughs) train for godliness. Like these are, these are active pursuits. And so you see a God who from the very beginning before the fall created work, we cannot wish away. And yeah, there are certain people that are going to listen to this. I'm glad you asked the question that are going to be like, oh, I get an excuse to say no to everything. And, and that's not, that's called checking out. Like that is passivity and we don't want to be those people. So what I'm saying is you want to obey. And I don't have a category of priority of obedience. So there's not this idea of like, I'm going to make, I'm going to say no to a few things so that I can obey God. No, all of it should be obedience. Like every single minute of our lives is surrender and obey. It is the way we are meant to live. It is how we're supposed to breathe, how we're supposed to parent, how we're supposed to do the PTA, how we're supposed to do an office cubicle. Like this is, we surrender and obey. Now what we're doing with our days is the platform the environment with which that obedience usually takes place. So we talk a lot about this in Restless. The way Restless is laid out is really to build a grid of obedience. So basically, what are your gifts? What are your passions? What are your people? What are your places? And you lay out all these things and you start to see this is the place and the people that God's put me in to 
love, to pray for, to serve with my gifts. You know, ultimately we're all looking for purpose, but that purpose is usually found in the DNA of, of our everyday lives. It's not that we need to go overseas or change our job necessarily. There are times that a holy discontentment kind of rises up in us and we need to listen to it because God's trying to move us. But usually we are in the right place in the right time. It says in Acts 17 that he sets us in our appointed times and he draws our boundary lines so that perhaps people might feel their way to him. God doesn't have a bunch of agendas. He really just has one to be known and loved and that we would spend our lives helping other people know and love him. Like it's it's not like a huge, big, complicated agenda. That's God's goal for the earth is that they would worship him. So helping people do that wherever you are, that can happen. In fact, usually does happen outside of ministry. What ministry is supposed to be is equipping the saints for the work of the kingdom. Well, you're the saints. If you're in an office today and you're very busy with emails and all the things, the beauty of God is he can take you in the midst of emails and cause people to perhaps feel their way to him. And I think that's where I have such a passion for this divide of like deep ministry versus secular workplace. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's all surrender and obey. It's all just what are the gifts God God gave me specific gifts to equip the saints for the work of the kingdom. But perhaps you're the saint on the front lines that needs to be equipped so that you can in your office, workplace, on your college campus, in your classroom today, you can help someone perhaps feel their way to God. That is the story of eternity. And if we're doing that and thinking that way, then what we do with our time is less important. And all of it is just the foundation and environment for people to know God. So I don't know. I think we overcomplicate it and we start to go, is this obedience? Is this ministry? When it's all just fodder for people to know and love God. So simplify everything down, whether you're parenting, whether you're coaching, whether you're teaching, whether you're you know replying to emails today. It's possible to give away God in some way because that's how he is. He builds environments for us to do so. I have this little tribe of people around me. There's a handful of them, and they get to say anything they want to me. They get to say, you are too busy. They get to say, you're not courageous enough. You need to say yes. And the funny thing is it's not consistent. And and good advisors and wise counselors and friends will not be consistent. They will say, sometimes you are being a wimp and you need to say yes. And sometimes they're going to say, you are too overwhelmed and you're finding your significance in your work and you need to say no. So we would love for there to be a formula of, of yes or no. But the truth is it's submission to the spirit and wise counselors that love God and are submissive to the spirit around you that don't have an agenda other than you obeying God. And, and together you work these things out. And I have gotten this wrong for so many years, guys. I have never had a balanced year in my life. I am a pendulum always. I have said yes too much, so then I swing over and I say no too much. Like It is just always a constant working out. But what I love is that my husband, he really just has this huge agenda to build the kingdom of God while we're here. And so when opportunities come our way and when they come my way specifically, he vets them and he says yes and no. I don't always agree with him. But it has been a protection in my life to not be making my own decisions all the time. And I would say submission to a trusted voice is important in every one of our lives. And that voice can be lots of different people, but we've got to choose it. And none of us like it. We like to be our own bosses all the time. But the truth is we need to be good self-managers. But we really do need voices that help us do that and that can speak into what it is we should or shouldn't be doing. Because we will have our own idols, right? We'll all have our own reason to say no or our own reason to say yes. And what the power of a few voices 
help us. And what we'll do is we'll sit down with those voices and fill them in big picture on our lives of what's happening in that year. And then we'll kind of bring them things regularly as well. It's our small group right now. Do you remember when we went to an event recently and we were meeting this amazing woman, Dr. Cynthia, and she's like opening up a home for 120 women who have come off the streets and she's hosting these brunches and we're sitting there kind of looking at her like, how do you do all of this stuff? And she's smiling and she's, you can tell she's, she's not tired. She's full. Oh yeah. And we were like, how do you do it? Tell us what's the drink we need to drink. And she was like, I wake up every single day and I say, what's today, God? Yep every morning and I was like really that's all you just ask God every single day what's what's today God well and I want to say something because some of you have young kids and you're like my day is diapers my day is this but never lose that no matter what season of life we all could have our excuse for just not praying that prayer but I think when my kids were young he surprised me with things and I was a stay-at-home mom I mean we we started different little neighborhood bible studies and we would go down to the park and meet new people. And I, I just think never lose that. Don't ever have an excuse any day of your life for not saying what's today, God. And and he'll show up. He does. He shows up. He shows up in the mundane and he makes the mundane purposeful. And I, I, I just don't doubt it. So today, wherever you are, like ask God that. What today? What do you want today? And he'll surprise you. Here's the hard question for today. What can you quit? Bob Goff quits something every Thursday. That's 52 things Bob Goff quits in a year. <laughs> what can you quit? You can quit something today. Just quit it. Like cancel it. Call up someone. Say, I can no longer volunteer here. You can quit something today and simplify, create a little more margin. And with that margin, you can go to a bookstore, go to a coffee shop, Take your Bible, take a journal, take your headphones and spend an hour with God. And I promise you, it will not be a waste of time. It will steady your soul and it will give you wisdom for the next decision you've got to make. God, I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment for everybody listening, God, for, for the person that, that goes, oh, yeah, this is me, that raised their hand and said, I'm overwhelmed. I pray, God, that you would show them something today they can say no to and something they can quit. And I pray that every one of us would say yes to time with you, that we would prioritize it, schedule it in, book it where it can't be disrupted. God, that we would set it above every other priority in our life. Because I believe that the more time we spend with you, the more every other priority gets sorted out, every other decision gets sorted out. So God, help us prioritize it. And God, would we just be big kids, grownups that boss our lives, that, that make decisions, that make hard decisions, that disappoint people? But God, that we live ultimately with a deep desire to not disappoint you. And I know, God, that you don't live disappointed with us. We all get this wrong. What you love is us wanting you more. And so ultimately, God, I pray that would be the desire of all of our hearts, that we would just want you more, want you most. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, one of the things about this community that is so special is you all have been so responsive. You've been sharing the podcast like crazy and you have rated and reviewed it and we are so grateful. So go right now, if you haven't done that, and subscribe and rate and review. It means the world to us. Honestly, we cannot believe it. 
And it's one of the best ways to share about the podcast and to help other people find it. So rate and review it today. That means so much to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.